Hello, and welcome to the Skeleton Factory Podcast, episode, episode 44. This is Adam coming to you from Austin, Texas, and today I'll be concluding my review of V, the original miniseries from 1983, and in episode 43... I went over uh, the first part of V. V was a miniseries that was broken into two parts, and it was released in two parts. It was a two-day television event back when they did shit like that. Um, Like, what else? Like, Stephen King's The Stand was like that, except The Stand was long as shit. It It was like a week long or something. But V was only two days, and... I covered uh, I covered the first part, and I, I basically just covered what was actually important <laughs> because there are like fifty fucking characters in V, and to you know to the credit of of V, they do a decent job of incorporating all these characters into the story. Basically, it's one of those things where everybody knows each other, and. It's definitely, it definitely was the influence for, like, Independence Day. Like, you watch Independence Day, and then you watch V, and you're like, okay, Independence Day. Um, would I say that ripped off Independence? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it heavily borrowed and was heavily influenced by V. And, and also in Independence Day, you have uh, a bunch of characters, but they're all... You know, they all tie together at the end very neatly and precisely. But V is like fucking two, three times the amount of characters that Independence Day has. But I don't know. V has more of, um, you know, it, it, it's got more emphasis on actual characters and Independence Day, uh, all the characters are very kind of one-dimensional and, you know, like, Will Smith is the hero guy who's going to save the day with his airplane. And Bill Pullman is Mr. President Man, and who also, conveniently, used to be a fighter pilot. And, <laughs> and Randy Quaid also used to fly planes, but... Uh, but he's like a drunk guy who's a shitty father and somehow he redeems himself and sacrifices himself at the end. So, And that's not like a brief synopsis of those characters' uh, character. <laughs> that's like literally their entire arc. But in Independence Day, it makes sense because you need to have time for the giant spaceship shots, the White House exploding, spaceship fights in space, and all that shit. And... And that's fine, but I think a slower, more methodical pacing is also very good. You know, I, you know, something like uh, Frank Darabont's The Mist or something like I would, I would, I would consider The Mist actually, and I didn't really think about it until now. I, I would, if you like The Mist, not to be confused with The Fog, but The Mist, uh, check out V. 
the original miniseries from 1983. There's there's a few. There was a couple of miniseries. There was a straight-up show. That was a few years later, and then there was a reboot in, like, uh, 2009, 2010, something like that. And um, I haven't seen that one, but... Yeah, it's it's V has all of the it's got all these wonderful things that kind of predated um and I mentioned this in episode 43. It predated the movie They Live. It predated um, did it predate 1984? I mean, technically it predated 1984 by a year, but I I'm, I'm not saying V Ripped off 1984 because 1984 was written in the fucking, uh, written in the forties. <laughs> I think it was written in the forties. Um, but it, uh, V definitely has, um, a, they live meets 1984 type of feel, but it also has, um, a little bit of, it's got, I mean, this was the era of star Wars and I actually want to, I want to, I have a correction from episode 43. In episode 43, I said that V came out the same month as uh, Empire Strikes Back. And that's not correct. It actually came out the same month as Return of the Jedi, because that's 1983. So, I'm wrong. I'm a piece of shit. I don't do my research. And, um, I deserve to be imprisoned by reptilians and tortured until such time they wish to, uh, suck the adrenochrome from my brain and eat my flesh and use my bones for, uh, I don't know, furniture or whatever. So there's your correction for the day. But yeah, V was around, it was uh, in the era of uh, Star Wars. So originally it was going to be, V was going to be more, uh, more close to the book. It was uh, this sort of uh, government totalitarian dystopian novel called It Can't Happen Here by, uh, written by Sinclair Lewis. But uh, writer-director... Kenneth Johnson decided to go the, um, well, I guess, I don't know if he was pushed towards making it an alien story or if he, you know, if that was something that he decided on his own. I don't, I'm not, it's not exactly clear to me, but originally he wanted to do It Can't Happen Here, which is basically this, um, I, I want to say it was a, a third party a third political party comes into power and then becomes a dictatorship. And it happens in the United States and hence the title, it can't happen here. And, and V is very much kind of in that same vein, except it's since, um, yeah, I guess Kenneth Johnson, <laughs> this is the, you know the the company he pitched it to told him no people can't people can't understand a totalitarian government and he's like well what if the government was actually aliens and they were like ooh aliens and the the tv executives clapped their hands together and got very excited because it's in the era of star wars so 
that, you know, Star Wars spacey shit sells. But I would, I just want to cover the second part of V, and I'm again, I'm not going to get into a large amount of detail. I'm just going to just go through the main points because there is a lot of interpersonal relationships and family stuff in this. Um, in this, but I, I'm not going to talk about every single family member and how their life is affected by um, aliens taking over the world. I'm just going to kind of hits the um, more the more uh, important characters uh, story arcs <laughs> just for the just for the sake of time otherwise I'll be um, talking for hours and hours and hours and hours so so in part one uh, an alien race comes to earth seeking peace and cooperation from the people of earth to help save their planet and these aliens look just like humans. Um, so when they come to Earth and they show themselves and we meet them for the first time, we're not terribly afraid of them because they look just like us. So so in exchange for helping these, um, these alien visitors, these um, aliens will give to earth everything they have in everything they have in terms of uh, scientific research uh, medical knowledge things like that also they they have fucking flying spaceships so I'm sure they'll share exactly how their propulsion systems for (laughs) flying discs work it's a pretty good deal but of course this is too good to be true of course and uh, these Visitors begin gaining influence over governments of the world and the media. And uh, next thing you know, martial law is declared. And once martial law gets implemented, the, uh, the visitors basically, they create this scenario where they, since they have control over the media... They go on TV and they basically explain that there is a conspiracy of scientists. There's a there is this hostile uh, portion of the scientific community that has basically become this organized group that are against the visitors and will do anything to stop their progress and their uh, cooperation with with earth and they'll do anything including violence um but that's according to the visitors the visitors are going on tv telling earthlings that there's this group of uh of deplorables <laughs> who are who are who mean to do harm to the uh to the their their peaceful alien race, which of course is complete horseshit. So basically, anybody who opposes or conspires with scientists, rather gets captured or killed, uh, mostly captured. They you know, and any kind of scientists, doctors, people of that nature, uh, they they are also captured and they are brought up to their uh, mothership. So they're abducting citizens. 
and this is without trial. This is, uh, they're just snatched up and whisked up to their mothership. And we don't know for how long. We don't know for what purpose. It's very scary. But a small uprising of citizens who wish to fight back against the alien invasion does begin to organically become a thing. And it's not just scientists. It's, it's, it's regular people. It's people from every walk of life, but they have to meet in secret. They have this clandestine group that wishes to uh, fight back against this uh, alien race that is very methodically taken over everything. And this group is led by a young med student named Juliet. And meanwhile, while that group is doing their thing, uh, Mike Donovan, who is this on the lamb fugitive cameraman who's sort of our hero of the story has been able to sneak out of sneak out of uh, earth <laughs> and onto the mothership of the of the visitors and get footage of the visitors revealing their plan to co-opt and subvert all the governments of the world and the media and he also gets them confessing to abducting members of the scientific community and them stating that scientists are their primary target. And um, you still don't know precisely why at that point, but um, you, <laughs> Mike Donovan also captures uh, what the visitor's true identity is. And they're, they are a race of reptilian lizard people. And what is these uh, reptilians? What is their end game? Well, we're going to talk about that now in part two of V, the original miniseries. So now that you're up to date with um, episode one, I guess it's, is it an episode one, part one, whatever, part one. In part two, we begin with our resident hero man, Mike Donovan. He has returned to the town where his son and ex-wife live. Because he's going to go, you know, rescue them and take them to safety. But, you know, wherever that might be. Because he's also on the run. So, <laughs> you know, where wherever he goes, you know, they will also be in danger. So... Uh, so he goes to get his uh, son and ex-wife, and his ex-wife is uh, played by uh, Joanna Kearns, who you'll know as Maggie Seaver from the show Growing Pains. If you watched Growing Pains in the '80s or reruns in the '90s, and yeah, that's that's the show uh, starring uh, Alan Thicke. He's the real life father of that other guy who's like a singer, and his last name is Thicke. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> and uh, also Kirk Cameron is um, was on Growing Pains. That's where he came to prominence and and found superstardom. Um, this was, you know, I think a lot of people know Kirk Cameron now as uh, the guy from the Left Behind movies. Left Behind movies is these these movies that are 
they're sort of come from a Christian point of view. And it's basically a, oh my God, I think there's actually two left behind movies. It's basically about the rapture. <laughs> so, but it's on like a 90s uh, Stephen King's The Langoliers type of budget. So, Also, when I was a kid, there was this, um, I mean, when you watch regular cable TV, you just have reruns over and over again. And, and one movie I remember was this movie called like father, like son. And it was kind of a freaky Friday scenario where Kurt Cameron and Dudley Moore, who, um, you'll remember as he was in the movie, Arthur, where he plays an alcoholic millionaire that ends up boning down with Liza Minnelli. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, so somehow we're supposed to believe that Dudley Moore is, Kirk Cameron's dad. It's like, okay, that's already kind of unbelievable. But basically the scenario happens where the two of them switch bodies. I remember watching that movie a lot because that was like a thing in the eighties. There was also another movie called, uh, what the vice versa. I think it was called vice versa. And it was judge Reinhold, uh, who you'll, you'll know as Billy Rosewood from the, Beverly Hills Cop movies and Fred Savage from fucking Wonder Years and Little Monsters. <laughs> so like, uh, and we're supposed to believe that uh, Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold are father and son and they switch bodies. Now that I think about it, there was a bunch of like, there was a bunch of that in the 80s. It's fucking creepy. Like, what was it? Uh, of course, we all know the Tom Hanks movie, Big. That was that was a fantastic movie from from my childhood. And um, if you haven't seen Big, Tom Hanks goes to, uh, like, a carnival, and there's, like, a little wishing machine. You put a little quarter in the Zoltar machine, and you can make a wish. And, and Tom Hanks, I mean... It's him as it's it's an actor who's like a I don't know twelve thirteen year old uh, who he his wish is that he wants to be big he wants to be an adult I don't know and now that I say it out loud that sounds hokey why doesn't he just wish to be an adult and, and then the movie would just be called Adult probably because adult doesn't sound as good as big but um, he wishes to become big and the next morning he wakes up and he's Tom Hanks. <laughs> And then he moves to New York, and um, I think he, it's New York. It's rather New York or Chicago. It might be Chicago. But anyways, he gets a job at a toy company, and he just rapidly ascends through the company. Because he has really good ideas, because he's a kid. He's actually not a grown, cynical man. He's actually got, you know, he's got the wonderment of a, of a child, so he gets all these good ideas and he kind of like works his way up the company and he ends up boning down with some chick from the office. <laughs> so, and then at the end of the movie, this chick realizes that she fucked like a fucking 12 year old. And then Tom Hanks goes back home to his scared to death mother. His mother thought that he got abducted 
but really it was him calling his mom as Tom Hanks. Like, we have your son. And then he, he didn't even ask for like a ransom or anything. He was just like, we have your son and you'll get him back eventually. Okay, bye. So now his mom's scared to death while he's in New York living in like a giant fucking loft apartment with a trampoline in it. Fucking fucking 20 year old toy company executives. <laughs> Big's great. That's Big's great. That was a thing. Children becoming adults and doing adult shit, but using the magic of Hollywood. I, you know, oh God, it's, it's one of those things that has aged and not aged so well, especially with, uh, you know, everything we know about Harvey Weinstein and Jeffrey Epstein and all the, all the Steens. Um, Anyways, so, <laughs> so let's get back to V. So Mike Donovan goes to rescue his uh, wife and son, ex-wife and son. But uh, he returns to town he, and he drives through the middle of town and the middle of downtown is destroyed. It's buildings are blown up. There's rubble in the streets. Um, there was clearly like a huge battle there several, several days before. And the visitors like pretty much abducted everyone who was downtown. So the, 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 the most of the town is empty. Also, uh, Mike Donovan's like annoying Karen fucking mom is also like conspiring with the visitors. Like she's like a little fucking snitch for them and shit. And, and Mike Donovan's very sad about this <laughs> because he kind of looked up to his mom and now she's like, now she's fucking playing lapdog to these fucking reptiles and and that's a that is kind of the main that's that's kind of the the main that's like the baseline for uh, part 2 of V is part 2 muddies the waters further it's not just humans versus the alien visitors anymore it's humans versus the visitors and and also humans that are conspiring with the visitors also there's there are there are visitors that actually want no part in their unseen leaders master plan and actually want to assist the humans in sort of taking down this uh this plan to take over earth and and that's interesting cuz not all because there's there's a there's definitely a hierarchy there's a there's definitely like a military type structure to the visitors and there's a lot of like lower level workers who are just kind of just doing their job and that that's mirrored on both sides um like for instance there's there's like there's a a couple of times in in part one and part two there's there are cops who are, um, they're not with it. They like, they're doing everything they can to kind of help people who are sympathizing with the humans and trying to help humans get away, even though there's other cops in their, in their, among them that are sort of, they're sort of ambivalent. Like they, they like to them, uh, a crook is a crook. The only thing that ever changes is, you know, 
who's in command, you know, and there's some cops that are like, like, no, this is wrong. We can't let these, we can't help these fucking aliens round up our own kind, you know, like it round up innocent families and have them taken up to a fucking mothership. (laughs) That's not, that's not cool. And there's visitors that are just, you know, are kind of doing more or less menial jobs who are like, yeah, these fucking upper echelon reptiles are fucking assholes and they're trying to like take over the world and shit and fuck that noise. Like who the fuck are they to do that? So it's like that. It's, you know, it's like that on both. There's dissonance on both sides. It's, it's great. And it kind of drives home the idea that, you know, no matter how different you are from another person, like you have a shared humanity and you shouldn't <laughs> like no matter who you are, you can be different culturally, but you, you shouldn't have to live under a fucking dictatorship. <laughs> so I think that point is illustrated beautifully in, uh, in part two. Also, we get a, we get a wrap up story to everybody, all 5,000 characters in V. Okay. My dog just walked in the room. So if you hear any rustling in the background, it's, it's her. Don't chew any of the fucking cables. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, there's they wrap up everybody's story, and sometimes people's stories just end abruptly and and tragically. <laughs> but um, you know, that at least that it, that does illustrate that uh, this is this is there there are real stakes. Um, trying to fight back against these aliens. Like you might get your ass shot with a laser gun or blown up or, you know, taken to their mothership and tortured. Like there's, you know, it's not like people are having laser gun fights and like no one's getting shot. (laughs) It's a lot. The, there's a lot of characters having sort of interpersonal relationship, little mini kind of stories constantly. There's little side stories everywhere in this. And, and, that that's what really fleshes out the story for the most part because i mean having aliens and humans having laser gun fights is gets boring pretty quick um but when you see how it affects regular people um it's basically it's how do people rise up against tyranny that's sort of the the point of of v how do people put aside personal political socioeconomic differences to face down a massive external threat so in the show hi i think they they usually hide the visitor's true reptilian form which i think was probably the smartest move they showed enough of their actual lizard form. They show enough to let you know that they're lizard, lizard monsters, but also show their cunning and their ability to manipulate and control people. And part of that is disguising themselves as humans or at least a human form. So also I'm sure that was a budgetary thing because I mean, (laughs) all the shots of inside the uh, mothership, it's basically, it just looks like people wearing costumes. 
wearing like spacesuits. Because if you, I mean, I'm, and there's a ton of extras on the spaceship, so dressing everybody up as a fucking lizard person would probably be really expensive. And 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 the makeup would probably look really bad. So they kind of foregoed having, you know, 500 lizard people running around on a fucking ship. And, I mean, I appreciate that. I, sometimes more is not better. Like, more is not more. Sometimes less is more. So, mm, a couple of the people's stories is, uh, let's see... Let's jump to, oh, let's jump to uh, young Daniel Bernstein. And he's this teenage boy who's, he's basically in the visitors, the visitors version of like the Hitler youth. Like he's in that. So, but he's human. But, you know, the visitors have this like Hitler youth uh, version of the visitors that are, and it's comprised of. Uh, teenagers, basically. Teenage human boys. And Daniel's kind of... hes I think he's beyond just being a confused teenager. Like, hes he kind of becomes unhinged. Like, there's this breakfast scene where he's pouring champagne for his mom and dad and his grandpa, who he lives with. And he's basically like, oh, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna have a toast to my engagement. And his parents are like, you're 17, who the fuck you engaged to? And he's... <laughs> He basically proclaims that this girl named Robin, uh, Robin Maxwell, um, who, okay, so Robin Maxwell's family, the Maxwells, her father is a scientist, and her and her mom and her, like her whole family are hiding in this like like garage pool house behind the uh, the Bernstein's, like in their backyard. And the Bernsteins are basically helping them hide because uh, Robin Maxwell's dad is a scientist and the fucking visitors are looking to round up all the fucking scientists. So, and a, which is very risky in general, but it's doubly risky if, you know, having someone like Daniel in the house because his allegiance gets tested. Like, is he... Does is his love for and his need to protect his family stronger than his allegiance to the visitors? And the answer is no. Uh, Daniel's a fucking snitch, and <laughs> he snitches out the Maxwells. Um, but oh yeah, during the breakfast champagne scene, he's basically like, uh, "I'm going to marry Robin Maxwell, mom and dad," and they're like. Um, okay, what does she think about it? And he's like, well, she doesn't, she doesn't know that she's engaged yet, but I mean, she'll have to uh, say yes, because if she doesn't, then I'm going to turn in her whole fucking family. And <laughs> his grandpa who's sitting at the table, who's, uh, uh, if, if you ever seen the, 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 the fun eighties horror film monster squad, there's like an old Russian dude with a weird shaped head. And um, he he's basically the guy who knows the he speaks the incantation to the amulet in order to open up a portal to suck all the monsters back to where they came from. And if that doesn't make any sense to you, then you need to go watch Monster Squad. <laughs> so, so that old dude from Monster Squad is the grandpa in V is what I'm saying. And 
when Daniel's at the table and he's like, if Robin Maxwell doesn't marry me, I'm just going to turn her whole fucking family in. Grandpa just grabs his glass of champagne and just fucking throws it in Daniel's face and then storms out of the room. It's so badass. And of and and yeah, so Daniel completely snitches out the Maxwells and they get taken away and so does his parents, which he didn't anticipate. So when the visitors came to snatch up the Maxwells, they were like, Well, we gotta snatch up your parents too, because they were conspiring with the evil scientist conspiracy deplorable people. And he's like, Well, what the fuck? What'd you take my parents for? Like they're they're not the ones they're not scientists and you know, so unintended consequences. That's sort of the story uh, to Daniel Bernstein. It's the story of unintended consequences. So, I mean, yeah, they take his parents away and his dad gets fucking tortured. <laughs> and the Maxwells, well, let's see. Basically, the Maxwells are able to evade, capture, and um, they... They evade capture because they get smuggled out of town by their landscape uh, landscaper, the character of Sancho, and um, he's a uh, he's a Latin American gentleman, dare I say Mexican. But he's but he's you know he's one of the good humans who's not a fucking snitch, and you know he's trying to help this family because. He knows that Mr. Maxwell's a scientist and shit. And, you know, it's like Mr. Maxwell has a family and Sancho has a family. So he sympathizes with them. He doesn't he doesn't want anything bad to happen to these people. And also, in case you're not uh, familiar, um, the character of Sancho um, in um, at least at least in the um, restaurant, the restaurant profession. I don't know about any other professions. But in the restaurant profession, the term uh, Sancho gets thrown around a lot, and it's a slang term meaning uh, a side piece. You know, like if your girlfriend is fucking around with some dude, that dude is referred to as Sancho. So Sancho's name basically means side piece. So I, I thought that was, I got a kick out of that. But even Sancho for his trouble, for risking smuggling the Maxwells out. And he gets them out, but he ends up, you know, the visitors find out that he smuggled out some fucking people and they snatch his ass up and take him up to the fucking mothership. So, um, so that's sort of, that's, that's just some side characters that I just thought I would just bring up. So there's that kind of stuff going on. So, uh, the world's very chaotic and the visitors are really fucking got earth by the balls and um, it's looking dire. Oh yeah. I totally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, so here's an, that's another example of how all these characters are all kind of tied together. Um, okay. So the way the visitors found out that Sancho was sneaking out the Maxwell's was because Mike Donovan's mom who conveniently lives in the same neighborhood as the Bernsteins and the Maxwells. Um, hears, he can hear the, the Maxwell's like youngest daughter kind of like crying uh, while stowed away 
inside of uh, Sancho's truck. So Sancho's like landscaping truck has like a secret compartment where the whole entire family's like stuffed into. And she hears the youngest daughter crying as the truck goes by. And she calls this like, I, I'm assuming since the visitors own the media, they, they probably have a, and it's the eighties. It's why they have a 1-800 number, 1-800 fucking humans are fucking assholes or whatever the fuck. So she calls this number and is like, Oh, like I want to snitch out of my fellow fucking humans. Like, like who do I talk to for that? And so she snitches Sancho and the Maxwell's out. And so, yeah, she's, she's a fucking crotchety old bitch. And, (laughs) but again, it, it illustrates that everyone in this fucking show is somehow tied together, which I do appreciate. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very convenient a lot of the time that people happen to live right next door to each other. And, uh, like everyone of consequence basically lives near each other. I just think that's really funny. But, but again, the movie, the, well, the show is written in such a way where you don't really think about that. Like there's so much stuff going on. You jump from thing to thing, to thing, to thing. And in your mind, everything is chained together. So well, the, the chain of logic in your brain, like, okay, all this makes sense. But also if you, you know, stop to think about it for a second, you're like, it's very convenient that everyone knows each other. <laughs> so uh, getting to the more like, um, the more kind of pressing parts of the storyline, uh, Mike Donovan and his partner, Tony, they, uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, Mike Donovan's able to just sneak onto the fucking mothership whenever the fuck he feels like it, which is um, which is good because it helps flesh out the story uh, in a lot of ways because we don't get a ton of scenes on the spaceship, but you know it. You know it, the only time we ever see the spaceship really is when um, when fucking Mike Donovan is able to sneak on. So we get to kind of see what the spaceship looks like, which it looks pretty fucking awesome. Um, but so, uh, him and Tony get fucking shot with laser guns and they get captured. And once they get up into the ship, basically Tony, um, I don't know. We, we don't, Tony's sort of out of the picture at this point. <laughs> like that was Tony's story arc pretty much. And so Mike Donovan gets uh, captured and then one of the sort of upper kind of middle management uh, visitors named Martin, he uh, he takes Mike Donovan over to where Diana and Diana's the uh, she basically runs the the mothership. She's like, you know, she's like the the regional the regional manager for <laughs> for the the fucking visitors uh, spaceship that's over um well, i guess los angeles right so he takes uh he takes mike donovan up to uh diana and diana she like her whole thing is the okay so the way that the visitors have been able to manipulate the media is all by design from diana so she's able to, she creates this thing called like a, she calls it the conversion process. And the conversion process involves what well, we don't really know. I only, all we know is she has like an interrogation room, like in fucking Star Wars when they enter, uh, like when they, when they capture, um, 
Han Solo. <laughs> and, you know, they, 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 you know, the Han Solo room where they put him in, they lean him in the table and there's the sparks shooting his face. And he's like, ah, ah. they have like a room like that where the, where the conversion process takes place. And Martin, um, takes Mike Donovan to Diana and, um, Actually, let me let me take a step back. Let me just explain the conversion process a little more thoroughly. That's the conversion process is how the visitors have been able to manipulate the media and manipulate uh, scientists into confessing to crimes they didn't commit, and uh, how to kind of get uh, government officials and people like that to basically uh, do their bidding. It's basically some. It's a, it's a form of mind control. So it's um, so anyone who's into uh, MK Ultra conspiracies or Manchurian candidate kind type of conspiracies, that's what the, that's what the conversion process in V is basically um, referring to. And I didn't read the um, I didn't read the novel that this is based on of um, on um, it can't happen here, but it's it's uh, i i would i would like to think that there would be something in the book that is similar to this um, conversion process that's in v and um and the, those two things are sort of layered on top of media manipulation which if if you've ever seen anything on a screen anytime in your life <laughs> tv phone ipad there's a good chance that there's a form of manipulation and and I'm not being hyperbolic about that. I, I mean, even if something as simple as advertising and marketing, that's, 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 that's a form of manipulation. So, um, the visitor Martin takes, uh, Mike Donovan to go see Diana and, and he's like, um, Diana's basically there to be like, mm, you've caused us a lot of, uh, trouble and difficulty. Mike Donovan, take him to, I forgot what she called it, but take him to like the final, the final processing area. She said something like that, where it's basically like, take them to the area where we kill people. <laughs> so, but Martin was like, no, no, no. Um, how about instead we uh, put them through your conversion process? See if we could uh, see if we can turn him into uh, turn him into a convert where he's working for us. And, and Diana's like, I don't know. Like, she understands that Mike Donovan is like Mr. Hero Man and that his principles and his morals are sort of set on on hero mode and she she understands that um she understands that her process is uh, it has limitations and she understands that Mike Donovan she might not he might not take well to the conversion process. He might she might not be able to break his will. So she's like, mm, no, I think I think Mike Donovan's a little too hard headed, and I don't, and I don't know how successful the conversion process would be because the conversion process is basically some of it involves torture and it's very a long drawn out process. So she's like, mm, he's not worth it's not worth it. He's you know he's too far. <laughs> he's I don't know. He's too much of a free thinker. We can't have that. So. Let's just go ahead and send him to the fucking, I don't know. I, I guess they have a part of the ship where they just throw people into a fucking wood chipper. Let's <laughs> go throw him in the fucking wood chipper. And Martin's like, does like basic 
like fucking just basic child psychology, like reverse psychology <laughs> on, on, uh, on Diana. And is like, Oh, well I would have thought with all of your, all of your knowledge and your confidence in the conversion process that even, uh, the most challenging of subjects, uh, you would you, like you would be up for the challenge of trying to convert somebody who's maybe not the easiest to convert. He's like, oh well, I guess you're not as not as fucking smart as you thought you were, Diana. Let's go ahead and take him to the wood chipper. And of course, at the last second, Diana's like, no, wait a minute. You know what? I think I will be up for the challenge. She's like, take him to the conversion room, and I'll be there shortly. So Martin's like kind of fucking peer pressured her into fucking like, like, let's see how good you really are, bitch. So he kind of, he saves Mike Donovan's life. Like, you know, so he basically bought him some time and we find out exactly why as soon as they leave uh, Diana's quarters, they're walking down this like corridor and Martin confesses to Mike Donovan. He's like, like, look, we don't have a lot of time. He's like, I'm trying to help you. Mike Donovan's like, you, you signed me up for that fucking conversion process. And he was like, I was buying you fucking time, you idiot. He basically, um, he helps Mike Donovan escape. And he tells him, like, um, I want to help you. We're not, uh, he's like, I am not with this fucking, like, take over and enslave the earth plan. So anything that we can do to fucking help you take take down these motherfuckers like we're like we're with you but he's like we got to do it in secret because otherwise if we blow our cover we're all, we're all dead and mike donovan's like well i need my partner tony and fucking he's just like dude it's too late for tony and you're just like oh shit so we we basically never fucking see uh, tony again actually tony pops up one more time later on <laughs> but we'll we'll uh we'll get there when we get there so Mike Donovan is able to he's able to make it back to Earth, but he's in a uh, he's in a he's in a spacesuit. So he's able to kind of he's dressed up like he's dressed up like one of the visitors. And he um, there's all these like transport shuttles that go to and from the mothership to Earth and back. So back and forth. That's how they get workers and stormtroopers and shit down to Earth. They they have all these little shuttle smaller ships. Okay, I. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So, so uh, the way Mike Donovan gets the uniform is he he's put into like a holding cell, right? Like Martin puts him into this holding cell, and then this like this chick who kind of looks like um, she would be like Shakira's sister, <laughs> the singer Shakira. You know, my hips don't lie. This chick comes in and she's like. Like, yo, I'm working with Martin and I'm, tr- I'm here to help you. He's like, she's like, okay, I'm going to help you escape. Okay, this is how we're going to do this. Um, put on my uniform and then take my gun and then shoot me because if you, you know, and then you can escape. You can get on one of the transport shuttles and you'll make, you'll blend in with everybody else and you'll be able to escape. Because, yeah, it was, if, if they, if they catch me, if they catch me, uh, you know, if they found out that you escaped, like it, it has to look like you fucking shot me and took my uniform and shit. Otherwise, they won't believe my story. We have the uh, we get a little sex thrown into this 
this uh, this episode. Um, so she takes off her uniform and she's like fucking smoking hot. And I I thought that was kind of weird. I'm like, okay, if they're if the visitors are always wearing uniforms, like like how come their human skin isn't just like a mask, like Mission Impossible, where it's just like it's a mask that just goes from like the head and neck. You know, uh, I almost expected the first time I saw this was like she was gonna take off her uniform and like her body would be like all reptilian and shit. Like she'd be like a lizard person underneath her clothes, but her head uh, <laughs> underneath her clothes. You get it? That's a Shakira reference, unintended Shakira reference. But underneath her clothes would be like a like a lizard body, and but they didn't do that. It was like she was just like a hot chick in a bra and panties and. So Mike Donovan shoots her and takes her uniform and he gets on to one of the uh, transport ships and one of the stormtrooper guys. So, uh, okay, there's a stormtrooper guy that gets on. He's like, oh, oh, hey, uh, like you must be new. I haven't seen you around. What, you know, what unit are you with? And like Mike Donovan doesn't say anything because all the visitors, they have like this weird modulated voice and he has an earth voice. So if he says anything, his cover's going to get blown. So he doesn't say anything. He just holds up like two fingers like I'm in unit two. And the guy's like. He kind of looks at him like suspiciously, and the guy is—he's like one of the stormtroopers. And I love the stormtrooper fucking uniforms in uh, in V because the, their uniforms are basically like orange jumpsuits. Like they look like something—they look like a mixture of like a, something that would Devo would wear, and like you know Joel Hodgson or uh, Mike Nelson would be wearing in Mystery Science Theater three thousand, and. But the stormtrooper outfit is like that uniform, but on top of it, there's like this like leather shoulder pad tunic thing with like a gun belt and like this like Darth Vader kind of helmet. It fucking looks great. And oh yeah, the stormtrooper guy who's like, "Hey, what unit are you in?" Like he looks like Donald Trump. So I thought that was really funny. I think my ideal cosplay situation is if like. If I can get a hold of a stormtrooper outfit from from V, but with like a Donald Trump mask on, I think that would be really funny. That's like deep, deep, deep. That's the deepest of cuts. And um, but if one person at a convention was like, "Oh, I totally know who your character is," I'd be like, "Thank you," because at first glance you'll be like, "Donald Trump," but it's like, no, it's just the guy who plays the stormtrooper looks exactly like Donald Trump. So Mike's it, uh, he gets back to earth, but uh fucking Donald Trump tries to shoot him because he realizes that he's uh, a human and Mike Donovan's able to get away and he's um, wandering around downtown and which is weird. It kind of seems misplaced because when he shows up downtown, he's like wandering around in a fucking alley for no reason. Um, I don't know what he's really looking for, but but anyways, the um, fucking Elias Taylor, since he's like a fucking drug dealer dude, he knows all the kind of like gangs in the area. And the and there's so this is near where their new like underground bunker is. The sort of the rebellion, the Earth Rebellion people, their bunker sort of nearby. And uh, Elias Taylor goes out and he he they basically capture Mike Donovan thinking that he's one of the visitors because he's like we need to capture one of them because we can fucking we can do experiments on them which is 
it's subtle enough where you're like, oh, well, of course they need to do experiments on one of the visitors. They have to capture one because they need to figure out what their weaknesses is because that's a big part of the the rebellion is they're like, well, how do we defeat these fucking creatures? They're so advanced. Like, we're going to have to capture one to figure out what their weaknesses are. So, but it's also weird. It's like some Unit 731 shit where... You know, human. It's like they basically are doing experimentations on their enemies, which I think, to me, morally, is wrong. <laughs> but since these are our hero people, it doesn't seem wrong at the time. But it's, I, I like V is like that. V definitely makes you kind of it make you makes you ask like all these sort of like moral questions, where like the thing with the you know experimenting on one of the visitors, like you're like okay. Yeah, the visitors are evil and they're not even human and whatever. And but in order to find out their weaknesses, in order to stop them from invading Earth, we're gonna have to like experiment on them to find out what their weaknesses are. And, but you know, if it was, it's 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 one of those things. Like when the visitors do it, when visitors do the same thing, it's like evil and wrong and it's sick and everything. But when our heroes do it, it it doesn't seem as wrong unless you kind of sit and think about it for a second. So sort of, uh, there's a little moral ambiguity going on. <laughs> um, so, so basically the Geneva convention is thrown out the window in, in the world of V because, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're fighting for survival. They're not just fighting for, you know, owning a patch of, of land or something. So, Mike Donovan gets captured by the uh, by the rebellion, and they bring him back to their uh, their little underground fortress. And he has to explain to him like, "I'm not one of them, you fucking assholes. I'm in, I'm I'm in disguise. I'm undercover." And of course, they don't immediately believe him, understandably, because he's in uniform. And but uh, he, what was it? Juliet, the leader, is like. Okay, well, he may not be one of them, but he may be a sympathizer. Mike Donovan's like, bitch, I ain't no fucking sympathizer. <laughs> and so, and Mike Donovan's like injured and shit, so they tend to his wounds, and they're being kind of hostile towards him. But Mike Donovan's like, come on, motherfuckers, like I'll take all of you on, sort of thing. And Juliet needs to come in and be like, yo, relax, like you're safe here. Like we're all on the same side, so let's let's try to let's let's talk this shit out. And Mike Donovan's like, she's basically like, okay, just tell me what's going on. And he's like, okay, the entire town where my son and ex-wife live have been abducted. You know, my family's up in that mothership somewhere. I don't know if they're alive. I don't know if they're dead. They took my my fucking my uh, my work partner Tony. I don't know if he's alive or dead. But he's basically like, we need to fucking save those people. And Mike Donovan's pretty much like, you know, he lays it out for him where he's just like, okay, this is what they actually look like. So they make like a sketch of like what the fucking reptiles look like. And he's like, well, um, between him and Juliet, they're like, okay, the best thing we need to do is kind of now that they know that they're abducting thousands of people. They're like, okay, we need to try to figure out what their weaknesses are. And Mike Donovan's like, well, I, can, I need to go back up there. 
I need to try to save my family. And they're like, all right, do, like, do what you got to do, bro. But, but they basically, they, they part friends where they're like, you know, we'll see you when we see you. And, um, I just think it's weird that Mike Donovan could just sneak onto the ship so easily. <laughs> like, like I, I get it. He's Mr. Hero guy and he's super slick and he's used to getting into uh, places that other people can't get into. But like, I don't know why he couldn't just go to like a team of Navy SEALs and just be like, yo, um, I know how to get onto this fucking ship so I can show you how to do it. And but th- that never comes up. Okay. So meanwhile, at the, uh, at the resistance stronghold, um, Robin Maxwell, she, uh, for whatever reason, like wanders away from the camp, which is dumb. <laughs> Robin Maxwell is a, uh, she's a very naive girl. Um, I don't know. She's, she's pretty stupid actually. Um, so, so everyone is aware that there's like a, a curfew, right? Cause the visitors put a curfew out on, on everyone, they have to be off the streets by a certain time. Otherwise, your ass is gonna get, you know, it's gonna get snatched up. So she wanders out of the camp, and she gets, uh, she gets snatched up by uh, the like stormtroopers. And then at some point during the meeting, you know, with uh, Mike Donovan and everyone else at the camp, that she he realizes that Robin's missing. So he goes out looking for her, and then uh, Robin's dad, that is. And then he gets fucking snatched up and he starts getting interrogated because they, they check his ID and they're like, Ooh, another Maxwell. And he's like, yeah, I'm looking for my daughter. They're like, we have your daughter. She's our prisoner now. And he's like, uh, she's up in the mothership. Right. And he's like, like, I want my daughter back and all the shit. She didn't do anything wrong, whatever. And, and uh, the like main store trooper guy, and I don't know who that guy is, but he's a really good actor. He's he's like, okay, he's like, you'll get your daughter back, but that, but I'm told that's that depends on on you. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, so they established that uh, when the Maxwell family, when they got smuggled out by Sancho earlier, they went up to this like they have this family, there's like this camp. It's like a, they have like a, like, a, I don't know, it's just like a summer house or some shit in the mountains. And so they went up there to hide. And somehow the visitors, they probably found out from Robin, actually, but they're like, we understand you have a, you have a separate, uh, you have a little camp out in the, in the, in the mountains. And there's other people hiding there uh, with your family. And he's like, we need the location of that camp. And he's like, no, I can't. Like, and then in the fucking uh, the stormtrooper guys like yo that's that's too bad, you know um, you know I feel bad for your daughter and fucking Mister Maxwell's like wait 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 he's like like what, what do you like what do you want and, he, and the guy's like okay he like kind of pulls him aside he's like look he's like I can help you he's like all we want is the location of the camp now. Like, we're not going to invade the camp until, like, 4 o'clock tomorrow. That'll give you time to get up there and go rescue your family. He's like, but if you tell anyone else in the camp that we're coming, like, we'll we'll kill your daughter. Like, So he's like, 
he's like, I won't tell anybody. He's like, okay, fine. Four o'clock tomorrow. So he's got to get up there and get his family out before they fucking come and raid the camp and shit. And even the stormtrooper guy's like, he's like, don't worry. He's like, we're not going to harm anyone in the camp. You know, <laughs> tell him a lie. He's just like, don't worry. No harm will be brought to these people. And, um, so he, so Mr. Maxwell makes a fucking deal with these fucking lizard people. And he's like, but it's the only way. It's basically the only way he's going to be able to get Robin back. So he's just like, fuck. All right. Um, he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the location of the fucking camp. So after this, uh, we cut to Robin is up in the, uh, is up in the mothership and she's being held in a, uh, like a little holding cell. And, uh, Fucking okay, so there's this there's this like handsome this handsome fella named Brian. He's a he's a, a visitor, right? And he's kind of the head of the like the visitor the reptilian Hitler youth, you know? He's and uh him and uh, Robin been giving each other googly eyes like the whole show. And Robin is like she's in the cell and then uh there's like a two way mirror, right? And uh, Diana and uh, Brian are in this room, and he's like, Diana's like, um, I have an experiment that I need you to help me with. And Brian's like, okay. Uh, she's like, I want you to go in this room. Like, you see that girl in there? Uh, I want you to go in there and basically just, like, knock her up. <laughs> That's basically what I was. She didn't say that, but it's, it's inferred because Robin's, like, sitting in the cell all scared and crying. And then all of a sudden the door slides open like, Shh, and Brian walks in. She's like, oh my God, Brian. And he's like, oh my God. He's like, are you okay? And uh, he's like, I'm here to help. And then he just, they just immediately start to fuck. <laughs> so, so basically uh, the, the experiment was, uh, and the, the Diana was like, okay, what happens if we crossbreed with these fucking humans? So she sends Brian in there to fucking knock up Robin and just to see what happens. And it's not, okay, it's not really, that particular story doesn't really go anywhere. Like, it's kind of brought up a little bit later, but it's not like you see Robin give birth to a fucking alien baby or anything like that. But it just puts that idea in your mind while these all these other stories are fucking coming at you. So, and let's see what else happens after this. So, okay. So the resistance is, they're basically, they're, they're at a point now where they're like, okay, now we need to start like making an, an offensive attack against these visitors. So, um, they're still in this process of acquiring weapons and like medical, uh, instruments and, things like that and and numbers of people so they make this plan where they're like okay we're gonna go we're gonna go attack then the, there's a national guard armory they're like we're gonna we're gonna break into the place we're gonna get as many guns as we can and uh, rocket launchers and shit like that and we're gonna get the fuck out of there so and mike donovan um he meets up with them and is like he's there for that whole planning stage but he's like I can't go with you. I have to try to get back on the ship again. They're like, okay, uh, good luck, Mike Donovan. So Mike Donovan, uh, you know, he's still got his, um, 
his visitor uniform. So there's a, there's a big old shootout. They break into the fucking National Guard place, and um, that's that's a whole fucking thing. And they managed to get a lot of weapons, and you know they took casualties and shit. But that's kind of that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> so meanwhile, uh, while that's going on, Mike Donovan sneaks onto the ship again, and. He goes into this giant room that's basically a, it's like a giant matte painting, (laughs) but um, he goes in there and there's all these huge tanks Um, and he goes to one of the tanks and he like releases a valve and this fluid starts coming out of it and he like smells it and and then he like tastes it and then he realizes, oh fuck, it's, it's water. So he realizes that the visitors came to earth. Like the whole, the whole idea that the visitors even need any kind of chemical compounds made on earth to save their planet. That is, that's all that was a lie. It was, that was all a smoke screen. Um, so th- while everyone's distracted with, with this idea that they need special chemicals to save their planet, the, the visitors are just stealing the fucking water from Earth and storing it on their fucking ships. And this is just one ship. This is like one mothership. There's fucking ships all over the world that are basically doing the exact same thing. And this whole, like, Mike Donovan on the ship finding out that there's water and shit is taking place. Like, they're, like, cutting back and forth between that and uh, and the resistance uh, stealing guns from the uh, armory. So Mike Donovan gets back on the ship... And it cuts back to the ship, rather, and um, he runs into Martin, the uh, the human, the Earthling sympathizer, and Mike Donovan's like, like, what the fuck is going on, Martin? Uh, like, I saw the tanks, you're stealing all the fucking water, and Martin's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, our, he's oh, that's part of our plan is we need to, we're very short on water, and we're basically gonna just drain the earth completely dry of water and turn it into a, the earth into a desert. So now, you know, uh, at a, just over the hour mark into this, uh, this episode we get the, okay. So Martin is like, all right, come with me. I want to show you something. <laughs> so he takes him down this corridor and he takes him to this gigantic fucking room. It's huge. And in this room is all of these sort of, uh, this is probably the, one of the most alien looking things in the fucking series so far. It's like, it's all these tanks, um, very alien. Like, like the ship is basically broken to two parts. There's like one part is all like brightly lit and looks like something out of star Trek or something. And then there's other parts of the ship where the hallways look like something out of fucking aliens. And it's very, um, H.R. Giger-esque, you know, it's very cool. And that's what this room looks like. And uh, this room is also another example of like a beautiful fucking matte paintings. When they walk into the fucking room, it's like this enormous room with all these fucking like H.R. Giger-y looking uh, biomechanical tanks everywhere. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, this is all the people that we've abducted from Earth. He's like, they're held in these like tubes that are basically keeping them alive. They're unconscious, but they're, but they're 
that are kept alive. And Mike Donovan knows that his son and his ex-wife are somewhere among these thousands and thousands of tubes. And he's like, well, what the, like, why, why keep them alive? Why not just kill everybody? And Martin explains that the leader is, he's like, a lot of these people, some of them can be made into troops to fight against uh, other enemies that we have. And it's kind of the first time you hear about other, other uh, civilizations in space. And McDonovan's like, well, if you guys have an enemy, then he's got to be our friend. Right. And he's like, um, but Martin's like, yeah, he's like anyone who can be turned into a, a, a soldier will be turned into a soldier. And Mike Tom is like, what happens to everybody, all the other people, you know, I, I love this scene. So, okay. I'm just going to play the scene out right now. Okay. This is what's the scene between Mike Donovan and Martin inside the, uh, the massive warehouse of, of bodies, um, in, in, in tubes sounds like. Why are they being taken? Stored like this, why not just kill them? The leader needs them living. Some of them will be made into troops for battles with his enemy. What enemy? The force that has defeated him before. His enemy? That makes him our friends, right? I don't know Well, it's something to go on. He said some of them would be his troops. Not all. No. What about the others? In addition to the water, there's another basic shortage on our planet. Food. I love that musical sting there at the end, but... Okay, so basically, <laughs> so what happens now is everything starts to move really quickly. So they they go and they rescue Sancho. Remember Sancho? <laughs> and they tortured him and they fucked up his face and everything. And uh, they go get him. They go get Robin Maxwell. And they uh, they basically, Martin takes him over to the sort of the loading bay where all the ships are. And they, they commandeer a ship. And... Martin's like, I got to go with you. I, I got to fly the thing. And Mike Donovan's like, oh, I'm a pilot. I could, I've seen these things fly around enough times to know how they work, which is ridiculous. But also that's kind of like an Independence Day where Will Smith just knows how to fly a fucking alien spacecraft because he flew an Earth spacecraft. That's like saying, oh, yeah, I, I, I drove around in, a, in a, uh, a fucking golf cart before. So I, I, I totally know how a Ferrari works. It's like. Okay, but I don't know. It's one of those hero lines where so <laughs> Martin, he's the basically Mike Donovan's like, okay, no, Martin, you stay here on the ship because we need you here. You know, we need a we need a spy on the ship who can help us. And I'm gonna take uh, Robin and Sancho and take them back to Earth and shit. So right as we're about to take off, uh, Stormtrooper Donald Trump shows up and realizes that's what's going on. So he jumps in one of his ships and starts chasing after uh, fucking Mike Donovan. So now we got this like spaceship chase. So they're 
they're being chased and and they're being chased by a bunch of ships and they're shooting at them and Mike Donovan's able to kind of evade getting uh, the ship fucking shot down and then Sancho and, and it's like straight out of fucking Star Wars where of course there's a back window to the ship that has like a whole like seat with fucking gun turrets and shit on it so they're being chased and Sancho gets behind the controls of the fucking the fucking guns and is shooting at fucking Donald Trump and the other fucking uh, ships that are chasing him and he blows a few out of the air but um it's it's weird because okay one they're chasing after I I mean okay there a lot of things just get assumed it's another one of those things where things just happen and then when you think about it, you're like, well, how did, how did so-and-so know this? How did they know to go here and do that and everything? So they go down to earth, they're being chased, right? And they're going towards the mountain, uh, camp, right? And so they head in that direction, but also Mr. Maxwell is heading there, right? Cause he had to get, go up there and get the rest of his family out before the uh before the fucking visitors come and take the camp so he's on his way there and it's like not even three o'clock yet and he's driving up to the camp and he sees the ships fly overhead and he was like he's like god damn you they fucking lied to me and it's like of course they lied to you they basically used him going up to the camp to make sure that he won he wasn't lying about the location of the camp he was just, they, they basically followed him up to where the camp is. And he's like, he sees the ships going in. He's like, fuck you. They lied to me. Uh, I was, you know, he's supposed to be able to get his family out, but now they're heading there now before four o'clock. So it's like, yes, of course the fucking reptiles lied to you. <laughs> so, um, so now the ships are flying into the fucking camp and they just start blowing up everything in the fucking camp. And in this, uh, obviously, uh, kind of mirrors what was going on in the beginning of, uh, the beginning of part one, where the whole show opens up with a, uh, a giant battle taking place in El Salvador. So this kind of final battle sort of mirrors that. So now we're kind of having the, 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 well, it's not the final battle, but it's the final battle in this particular story because there's still ships all over the world and, and whatnot, but they go to take this camp and Mike Donovan's able to hold off, uh, Donald Trump and his troops, uh, for the most part. And Mr. Maxwell gets to the camp and I mean, he still needs to go get his family because now now, not only does he have to go get his family, but now the, the the this camp is being overrun by fucking laser fire from spaceships, and all of the people from the uh, stronghold in the uh, the secret base they all drive up to the camp, and now they're all armed, right? Because they fucking stormed the armory and stuff. So they show up in like a dump truck, which is. Uh, I guess that's a pretty cool armored vehicle to be in. But now all these citizens pile out and they're all armed and they start shooting at the fucking spaceships and, and they do 
take casualties, right? But at the end of the battle, they end up um, they end up uh, blowing some of the ships out of the sky. And there's there's this scene where uh, Juliet kind of stares down uh, the ship that Diana's in because Diana is up there with the uh, main stormtrooper guy, and she just has a pistol and she's just firing at the ship, and they're trying to fucking shoot her while she's on the ground. And they miss her. And Diana's like, take a spin back around. I want <laughs> I want that bitch dead. Uh, like, how dare she think she can just stand in open territory and just shoot at us. So uh, when they go to, like, flip a bitch and come back around, fucking here comes Mike Donovan coming over the mountain. And he uh, rides up behind their ship and fires at their ship. And the ship takes damage. And it takes damage inside of the cockpit, and uh, there's like a there's like a small explosion inside of the uh, inside of the cockpit, and it hits Diana in the face, and like half of her face gets kind of blown off, and her synthetic human skin is peeled off, and you can see her reptilian face underneath it, and out of no other reason, from what I can tell, besides vanity, <laughs> she's just like. Oh my god, my face. Quick, let's go back to the mothership. Let's retreat. So, so Diana retreats back to the mothership and um all the other ships are taken out and everyone's like, "Yay!" <laughs> everyone's celebrating cuz they managed to win this small battle in what will ultimately be a bigger war. And uh see what else happens. Uh, Mr. Maxwell finds out that, um, I don't know, he finds his wife and she's all fucking shot up and shit and she's about to die. And she's, he's like, where's the girls? Cause they have like a bunch of daughters and he's like, the wife just looks at him and shakes her head. Like, like they're dead. And then the wife dies and you know, Mr. Maxwell kind of like gives her one last kiss. Goodbye. And there's this funny, like, shot where it, like, cuts to him holding his wife's face. But you see only, like, his face. And you can tell that maybe they didn't have the actress for that particular shot. So they literally, like, stuck a wig, um, I don't know, on a basketball. And then he, like, hugs it like it's her head. But it just looks really fake. So Mrs. Maxwell dies. And then Mr. Maxwell picks up uh, a gun that's laying next to her. And realizing that his daughters are dead and his wife is dead he goes to like shoot himself in in the head but then like he hears his daughters come up behind him like dad and he finds out that his daughters are alive and one of his daughters is is robin maxwell and she comes running out so he knows that his daughters from the camp are still alive and robin is off of the mothership and she got rescued by mock donovan of course so they're reunited, but their mother's dead. So that's that's sad. Um, Mike Donovan says goodbye to Sancho. You know, Sancho did his part for the rebellion. So Julian and, and Mike Donovan uh, basically have this, I don't want to say argument, but they have this sort of, they understand that the battle's only kind of just begun. And... Mike Donovan's like, we still need to get up in the ship and save those people. Like my, like my wife's still up there and my son 
and their whole freaking town. And Juliet basically reminds him, like, look, we need to find a way to take that ship out because, like, we might have to risk the lives of a few thousand to save millions, maybe even billions of people. And Mike Donovan, he ain't trying to hear that, but he realizes that that's a reality. So, you know, war's a sticky thing. <laughs> it's like the Kubrick movie, Paths of Glory, <laughs> except that it's on television and there's and it's a a silly uh, lizard people trying to take over the world uh, scenario. But yeah, it's it's they are they're 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 comrades in terms of like their team Earth, their team human. But they realize that the means in order to defeat their enemy, it's gonna it's gonna result in probably more casualties of innocent human life and probably visitor life too. Um, that than they probably anticipated. So then we kind of get a quick wrap up with uh, Robin Maxwell, and she's like, her sisters are like, "Oh, you've been throwing up every morning for the past few mornings. Like, what's wrong with you?" And um, obviously she has morning sickness because she got knocked up by Brian, the visitor alien sexy guy. So um, she's showing signs that she's pregnant, but it's they kind of just leave that on a cliffhanger. And whatchamacallit, Mr. Maxwell goes back to the Bernstein's house and is like, like, hey, we're we're trying to kind of set up satellite camps where um, sympathizers can uh, of the rebellion can kind of go and hide and be undetected. And at this point, the 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 Bernsteins are they're they're released from custody, but Mister Bernstein got fucking tortured and all this shit. And um, they have this whole scene where his um, his wife is like, we can't be you know we can't be a house that's like working with the rebellion because look, they already tortured my husband and they fucking took my father. Oh yeah. Mr. Bernstein, he's gone. The guy who read the incantation from monster squad, like they took his ass away. So they're risking too much, but they have this lovely scene where, uh, Mr. Bernstein pulls this letter from his dad out and the letter, and he makes, makes his wife read it to Mr. Maxwell where they're basically, it says that, um, part of like if you're going to live under tyrannical rule you're better off trying to subvert it than going along with what's going on because they understand what going along with what's going on gets them fucking they can get abducted and tortured at any living uh, at any moment and their son is like part of their fucking hitler youth <laughs> their reptilian youth and um it's a touching scene and the Bernsteins basically, they change their mind. They're like, you know what, Mr. Maxwell, we're going to help you. We're going to help the rebellion, and we're going to do anything we can to kind of uh, use our home as a as a, as a a safe place for you guys to kind of uh, operate in secret. We end with Juliet and Elias are at the, uh, at the base, and they have been able to, because um, they're, they're basically, the base is filled with scientists, right? They figure out a way to make sort of a distress signal for anyone who will 
be on their side, uh, who or basically find the visitors as their enemy. So they send a distress signal into space, and they say that the distress signal would probably take years to reach anybody. And there's a possibility that no one will ever get it or respond to it. But they have to try. So they are basically like, in the meantime, we have to be completely self-sufficient. And Elias is like, yeah, sure, I'm all about it. <laughs> so, so the optimism that they have is that they've been having some victories in the battle against the visitors. And they're going to continue to do so until they rather get themselves killed or they have victory. So Elias pulls out some spray paint and he draws a giant fucking V on the wall and they turn and smile at each other like, Hey, good job. (laughs) Like it's a Mentos commercial because that's, that's, that's where the V title. If you're, if I haven't mentioned it earlier, that's where that comes from is it, uh, the V was basically some graffiti that was drawn over these propaganda posters that were put up by the visitors and um, drawing a big red V over the posters was sort of a sign of uh, disrespect and, and, and uh, rebellion and uh, V stood for victory. So that's where the name V comes from and Elias spray paints a big V on the wall and and uh, everyone smiles at each other like it's a uh, Cymbalta commercial and that is the end of V the original miniseries and I like it very much and I recommend it to anyone who's into sci-fi and if you're into like 80s sci-fi um, not, you know, or, you know, 70s, 80s, sci-fi, um, Star Wars, obviously, uh, Black Hole, if you're into that, if you're into stuff like Alien Nation, Trancers, <laughs> I don't know, it's fun, and it, and I don't know if I'll do any more TV shows in the future, but I did enjoy revisiting V, and uh, I recommend it a lot, so... I'm going to get out of here, guys. I will see you all, uh, I guess, next episode. I'll be, well, my next episode is going to be a Patreon episode. So I can, I'll see you over at Patreon, and that's at patreon.com forward slash skeleton factory. And uh, just so you know, uh, I would definitely appreciate if you went over there and became a patron. But um, I will post a Patreon show. And it'll be available to patrons for a whole week. And after a week, I put, I basically make the episode for free for anyone who wants to go there and listen to it. So, and uh, also I'm on Instagram at skeleton underscore factory. And that's where I announce what the next shows are going to be at. And I'm also on Twitter at SF podcast ATX. All right, and that is the end of plugs. This is the Skeleton Factory podcast, rescuing your movie night, one movie at a time. I am Adam. I will catch you all on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>